0: Thank you for listening to the Direction for Life broadcast with Drs. Herbert and Marsha Bailey. We'd love to have you at any of our three campuses. In Columbia, join us at 3506 Broad River Road. If you're in Orangeburg, meet us at 990 Willington Drive. In Florence, join us at 1507 West King Avenue. For more information, including service times, visit rdci.info. We hope you enjoy today's broadcast. Today's message is Pass It On by Bishop Herbert Bailey. So when
1: you got saved, I want you all of you who think you got just rebellious children who not serving the Lord, not living for the Lord, and they go into the hell in a handbasket and the devil. Stop that. Even if you feel that, don't talk like that. First Corinthians seven fourteen. This scripture really blessed me. Nobody really. Oh, people used to talk about it from the husband's standpoint or the spouse's standpoint, but it doesn't just address the spouse. It just addresses the next generation. First Corinthians 714. OK, and the context Paul was saying, he said, he said, just just because you got saved and, and your husband still smoke weed, you can't leave him. That's what Paul's dressing. He said, just, just, because you, just because you got saved and your wife still wants to go to the club where you've met her at. <laughs> okay. Just because you decided to get saved and she has not left the club where you met her at, where you was making it rain for her. Don't even worry about it if you don't understand. That's for those who are online. He said, you can't leave her. Because they were wondering, well, I'm a Christian now, they're not a Christian, I can just leave them. Paul said, no, 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 no. He said, if they want to stay with you, you should stay with them. He said, now, if they don't believe they can make it with you, you by, because you got saved now, he said, then let them go. And he, he didn't tell you to go around saying, you don't think you can make it with me, you, don't you? You can't make it with me, why don't you just leave? That ain't what he said. <laughs> he don't say, make him leave. Somebody said, well, I'm just going to make him believe that the scripture said. No, that's not what it says either. And he says, the reason why you can't do that, just because you got saved and one of them didn't get saved, you got born again one didn't get born again. He says, 1 Corinthians 7, 14, for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the, by the believing wife. And the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. He said, when God saved you, he had your husband in mind. Oh, my God, when God saved you, he had your wife in mind. He said, so if you work this thing out right and you live the life, you should it should just be a matter of time before they see the Jesus in you and they want to get saved, too. My cousin, Pastor away. I, I hope he don't mind me sharing this. But I told you, his grandmother was pastor, and he grew up in the church. His, pa- his parents were pastors. He grew up in the church, and the saved, sanctified Holy Ghost. I mean, his, his, his now his grandmother was saved to the bone. <laughs> to the, I mean, my goodness, if you, if you could probably just just drink her bath water, you'd probably get anointed. <laughs> she was saved to the bone. I remember when she first met Pastor Marshall. We were we were just young and we just got married. We would I would go preach for and and she would she would say how are you doing, baby? And then she would come over to Pastor Marsh and just touch her ears because Pastor Marsh had earrings on. I like say, oh, ah, yeah, dear, baby, you love the Lord, don't you? But you need you really rid of She says, she would say, just touch those earrings, just touch your ears like that, <laughs> saved to the bone, okay. And so his now wife, did y'all meet in church? No. He, he, didn't, he said, no, I don't, want, I don't even want to know where he met. I don't even want to know, but that was a big N-O. He said, oh, no. He brings her to church. He brought her to church. And she went to the altar and got saved. And he told her, no, you ain't ready yet. <laughs> Don't, no, 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 you don't. <laughs> you ain't about this life because I ain't about this life right now. He, said, he told her, No, you don't want to do that. <laughs> he said, You're not ready yet. Because he knew when she got saved, the brook might dry up. <laughs> but she got saved. God, living for Jesus. And then he got saved. started living for Jesus. And now he's a preacher of the gospel. Oh, come on now. See, because the unbelieving is sanctified by the believing. If you if you now, now I, oh, oh, I don't know why I'm going here. It wasn't even stand. It didn't say the unbelieving is is supposed to be aggravated by the believing. Or pestered by the believing. You what's wrong with you? Why don't you get saved? Why are you still living like that? You're just living for the devil. No, no, he didn't say do that. Just believe. And then Peter says later, live a chaste life in front of them. Your behavior should win them. Okay? He so said the unbelieving sanctified mean God has a special place for them, assignment for them, calling for them because you got saved. But then in there, keep reading, First Corinthians 7, the end of the verse 14 says, he, he goes on and say, else, now he talks about the next generation. Else were your children unclean. But now they are holy. Oh my God. Y- y'all didn't catch that. It said, you're saved, your spouse is not saved, but God said your children are holy. Oh my goodness. You're saved, your husband's not saved, you're saved, your wife's not saved, but God said, because that child is your child, I also got a plan for them, and I call them holy. But they're smoking weed, but God said, I call them holy. But they're living for the devil, I call them holy. But they're in the street, but I call them holy. Now, you need to call them what God calls them. You need to agree with what God said about your children. If you're going to pass this thing on, are y'all listening to me? That verse, 1 Corinthians 7, 14, it says, Otherwise, your children would not be holy, but now they are holy. The message translation says, Otherwise, your children would be left out. Oh my goodness, I don't want to have that. Yeah, there we go. Okay, the, the message translation of that verse, First Corinthians 7, 14, it otherwise your children would be left out. Somebody shout, my children are not left out. Oh, I'm here to encourage somebody in here. I'm here to encourage somebody online. I know it looks like the devil has your child, but the Lord's sending me to tell you right now, your children are not left out. Your children will not be left out of your inheritance. Your children will not be left out of salvation. Your children will, be not, will not be left out of the anointing. Otherwise, your children will left out. As it is, they are included in the spiritual purposes of God. If you don't have that marked in your Bible, all of you who believe in God for your children, the Bible says in the message, your children would not, would, would be otherwise would have been left out. But that's not, that's not the case. As it is, they also, my, somebody say, my children also. They also are included in the spiritual purposes of God. When God saved you, your children are included in the spiritual purposes of God. Well, I don't want my children to come to church. I don't want to force religion down their throat. Your children are included in the spiritual purpose of God. Eat it. Drink it. Sister Margaret, I met your sister yesterday. We talked for a long time. We talked for a long time. And uh, she was telling me, we were telling me people not coming to church today. We were, we were going, and they were saying, say, well, we, we grew up, you don't have no choice to go to church. He said, it wasn't, wasn't a, a question. Oh, you, you, your child 15 years old. You coming to church? Oh, we asked the kids what they're doing now? Are you coming today? It's called parenting. I know people don't want to do that no more. And then, and, and then, then, then she said, uh, and then another young lady came on. She said, "She said I went to college." I said, "I ain't going to church." She said, "But I messed around and went to HBCU." He said, "The HBCU, Historical Black College University, you going to church?" One of them went to Morris, one of them went to Claflin, somebody else went somewhere. I They said, oh, no, no, you go to H-P- So uh, Some of y'all, some of y'all, some, some, some of you need to just get the kid go to HBCU. They we'll go to church. <laughs> My son went to Hampton University. He went there for Tyler, went to go play football. Next thing I know, he said, Dad, I'm on a gospel choir. I said, gospel choir? I said, how you get?" He said, Coach said, everybody who plays football for me is on the gospel choir. I said, really? But you can't say. But y'all know it don't matter in some church where they can sing, I just be on the choir. Then he called me up one day, he all excited. He, that's when he got into the quartet. He said, Dad, you heard this song? Cooling water, cooling water. I said, no, son, no. But come on, we ain't going back to cooling water, are we? I said, yes, I know cooling water. And no, we will not be singing it at right direction. God is a multi-generational God. Some things, y'all, some things that God gives you are actually for your children. Hmm you got to be thinking multi-generationally. Some things God gives you that actually for your children. Look at Exodus 3 in verse 22. When God tells the children of Israel, tells Moses, to go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. He says, and I also want you to give them instructions. Tell the women to insist that your that your master's your oppressors give you all their stuff. How many of y'all know women will ask anything? Lord Jesus. Are y'all some brothers scared to ask? to answer. Your wife will ask you anything. You, brother, you got to watch it. Look at me, brother. All the married men look at me and say, no. <laughs> I know some of y'all scared. It's hard. Come on, come on. It's not a three syllables, It's just one. No. And long, oh, no. One wife said, no, don't be teaching my husband that word. My wife was saying to me, she said, she would ask me certain things. I said, no. She said, how you just say no so easily? I said, it's real easy. No. Okay. But women will ask. The, 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 men, the men, see, the men would have been rationalizing that. Tell all of tell all. go tell the and give you all that stuff. Men are like, they ain't going to give us their stuff. The women, sure. They asked him and they did what God told them to do. Look at Exodus 3.22. Every woman shall borrow, which means insistently ask, of her neighbor and of her that surgeon in her house. Ask them for jewels of silver, jewels of gold, all that, and raiment. Ask them for gold, for silver, raiment, clothing, material, fabric, textiles. But he didn't stop there. Look what he says. And ye shall put them upon your sons and upon your daughters. And ye shall spoil the Egyptians. Now, it, it could have seemed like he could have just went to um, ask them for jewels of silver, jewels of gold, and raiment, and ye shall spoil the Egyptians. But he gave very specific instructions. What I'm, telling you, what, what I'm giving you, put it on your children. Now, some of us, we got to renew our minds on this. Because we had parents who didn't know this scripture. We got parents who didn't put nothing on us but switches and belts. <laughs> they didn't put any jewelry on us. So that's, so, so some, we got to renew our minds. Um, my cousin and I—we were just talking about this today. talking how how we're raising, how, raising our children, and uh, you know, he was telling me his, his daughter had an accident with the car and got and got all, got all the car paid for, and then she wanted another car, and he helped to put more money into the car, and 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 he took the check that she got. And she said, "You really going to take this check? <laughs> like the whole check? Yeah, it, I, I, you're not going to leave me any. It was fun to get a new car, but our kids today—they they used to." You know, living a certain lifestyle. And having things. Some we got, to you know, our minds on this. God said, I want you to take it, put it on your children. Something God gives you is for the next generation. Now, we will go on to find out later that as the older ones are dying off in the wilderness, God calls for an offering in the wilderness. He calls for an offering. I believe it's around Exodus uh, 36, somewhere around there. God calls for an offering. He says, I want you to build me a tabernacle in the wilderness. And I want you to put gold in there and silver in there. And I want you to put, make the altar and put purple over it and all that. Well, where did they get that from? They got that because they were to strip the Egyptians, put it on the children. Because later on, I want a tabernacle built. Oh, y'all listen to me. Some things God gives you is for what he wants to do, what he wants to build in the next generations. But we're going to to renew our minds on this. We should see also, we should even see multi-generational anointing. Somebody say multi-generational anointing. Come on, say it again. Say it again. When you see Pastor Chandler preach, you see a complete blending of me and his mama. Am I right? He's systematic like me. but prophetic like his mother. He's systematic like me and still spontaneous like his mother. You don't know what he's going to do. Just like y'all know what Pastor is going to do. Y'all know what she's going to do. I don't know what she's going to do. She preached the whole message and then 45 minutes of my point number one and then that's it. That's it. That's That's how she flows. Chandler has received an impartation of anointing from both of us. And the anointing in the next generation, it really should go to another level. Now, it shouldn't be going back to do I remember no, no. It should be intensified. If this thing is done right. Exodus 28, 40, and 41. I want you all to see this here. A lot of people have never seen this. I never even heard people preach about it and talk about it. Exodus 28 and verse 40. God tells Aaron, he said, I want you, God tells Moses, I want you to anoint Aaron to be the high priest. He's the first high priest. He's going to start a priestly lineage. The tribe of Levi, the priests, are Aaron's descendants. Exodus 28, starting verse 40. And for Aaron's sons, and for who? His what? His sons. And for Aaron's and for the high priest's sons, thou shalt make coats and thou shalt make for them girdles. Don't, 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 don't let that word mess you up. It means a belt. Okay. That's I get a picture when my mom my used to, with these girdles, Lord. Anyway, make for them girdles and bonnets shall thou make for them. Oh, don't, don't get stuck there either with the hood today, don't. And bonnet shalt thou make for them, for glory and for beauty. Here we go, verse 41. And thou shalt put them upon Aaron thy brother and his what? Put them on your brother and his what? And his sons with him and shall anoint them. Shall anoint who? Them. This doesn't even say that his children... Had any choice in it. He said get Aaron, get his sons and anoint them. I want to challenge some of you to start anointing your children and grandchildren. And they don't even know what they're anointed for. But they're anointed for whatever God wants to use them for. They're being consecrated and they're being set aside for God's use. He says, and shall anoint them and consecrate them and sanctify them. That's Aaron and his son that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. I don't know how old his sons were, but God said, I've called Aaron and I've called his sons. I want you to anoint them and they, if they're not doing it right now, they will one day preach. They will not, they will speak. They will minister to me at the altar. They will operate in the priest's office. My daughter's pastor in New York, some of y'all won't recognize the name, is a Wilkerson. Dave Wilkerson, Sword and Switchblade, founder of New York Times Square Church, same family. He's a pastor. All his brothers are pastors. They end up pastoring in Harlem, New York, because there was this particular Assembly of God Church that went through some stuff. And the father says, "I'm gonna get, I'm gonna take that church, and I'm, I'm sending one of my sons there." The son didn't ask. They live in Florida. And they're white. Now, the only reason why that's of significance to this, if you don't know Harlem, New York. <laughs> Harlem, New York, they, 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 they can call it gentrified all they want. It's still 90% black. Come from, and say, oh yeah, we, we, we got, yeah, we'll get that church. And he said, so my father sent me here. He says he, he was raised with this mentality. He said, um, his father said, I don't know how you're going to make money, but you will preach the gospel. Y'all can catch that. That's a whole nother way of thinking. Am I right? He said, I don't know how you're going to make money, but you will preach. He said, all of them were told that from kids. I don't know how you're going to make money, but you will preach the gospel. Now, that's a whole different mindset, folks, because we think you're going to make money. And I don't know about this preaching. Oh, come on now. You're going to make money now. I don't know about this preacher. Because that's how my family was. When I, I was getting ready to go to seminary, and I don't believe the the world off me to go to seminary, but the, 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 the pastor who altered my thinking, um, this is what he said to me. He said, um, and I have been preaching since uh, I was 12 years old. By now, I'm like, 17, 18, get ready to go into He said, you have a good grasp on the word of God more than most people have. He said, I don't think seminary is what you need. He said, you, 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 you have a good, um, uh, you discipline with studying the word. He said, you have a good grasp on the word. He said, you don't need seminary. He said, church, he told me, he said, churches are too big today to only know theology. You need to understand, he's telling me this back in 1978, 79. It wasn't a mega church, but it's almost like he had some foresight about what God was gonna do with me. He said, churches are too big today to only know theology. But he still was thinking ministry. Okay? But a lot of us, if our kids think ministry, we start thinking money. Everyone thinks today, money. I'm finding it hard. Okay. My for the most part, my campus pastors, I got them young. And some of them have been able to make money later. But it's hard for me now to get people to think ministry because they're too busy making money. It's hard for me. Uh, Pastor Rashad here, God altered him. Am I right? He came to me a few years ago. I hope you don't mind me sharing this. He, he came to me. say, well, If he does, he does, right? He's sharing it anyway. At least I do a pre-qualifier. <laughs> he came to me a few years ago and he was going to be starting, um, d- doing some catering and, and, and starting restaurant, going in business with these people, which I didn't really see. But anyway, I didn't. Know. Okay. Going in business. And he said, he said, he said, uh, Bishop, I can see by next year I'll be a millionaire, a multimillionaire. This going to make millions. His mind was on Money. And how he can make money through, just through this business. Okay. And then even, there was a time where he was doing some things. And he, he's our, he was our lead musician. And then he, he couldn't be at church as much. And then he shifted. and says more important for me to be in ministry. Here doing this. Than it is for me to, out there doing that. If he hadn't made that decision today. He wouldn't be a campus pastor today. I had to see the shift. That is willing to put the things of God first. Are y'all listening to me? I don't know what calling there's on your life, but I want us to even encourage our children to pursue the will of God more than pursuing money. I'm a living witness that if you put God first, you can still have money. Now, thank God we learned differently because I came along at a time where they we sang songs like, well, um, well, Kirk, I know Kirk, Kirk Franklin's version now, but there was another version before that. But songs that said. Silver and gold, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. You know, you can have this whole world, give me Jesus. I don't want silver and gold. I'm so glad I found out you don't have to make a choice. You can have Jesus and silver and gold, but we have to seek first. God said, "Just, just make me first. See, first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. So the Wilkinson told their children, I don't know how you're going to make money, but you will preach the gospel. And they are all now preaching the gospel. The anointing was for them and their children. Are y'all listening to me here? Everybody say, pass it on, pass it on, pass it on. Something God gives us is just for our children. God gives revelation. I'm going, I'll give very quick here. God gives revelation. And he even calls and chooses people based upon whether or not You'll pass it on to your children. Oh, my goodness. God anoints and he chooses based on whether or not you're going to pass it on. God said, because it's bigger than you. I don't want, mm, I don't want you to block what I'm trying to do in your generations. I don't want you to stop what I'm trying to do in your
0: seed seed. The 2021 Direction Conference was three days of life-changing worship, word, and multi-generational faith. Conference hosts, Bishop Herbert Bailey and Dr. Marsha Bailey, along with conference guests, Bishop Rosie O'Neill, Pastor John Jenkins, and Pastor Mark Baker, took us to another level in our faith, especially the faith that we pass down to generations after us. And you need to get that word today. To order today's message or the conference package, call 877-798-5433 or order online at www.rightdirection.info. Ask for the 2021 Direction Conference. As we continue to socially distance, be sure to stay connected with us online. Stream our services on Facebook and YouTube, as well as rdci.info via the Watch Live tab. Sunday morning services are at 7.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, and our website. Wednesday Bible Study airs at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Friday, Women's Bible Study airs at 12 noon via Facebook Live. Consider connecting with us as a partner or an iChurch member. More information about our partnership and iChurch member services can be found on our website at rdci.info. For consistent updates and encouragement, connect with us on social media through Facebook at Right Direction Church International and on Twitter and Instagram at the RDCI. Right Direction Ministries, transforming lives and impacting generations.